Welcome to the Wake and Take Podcast. On today's show, we talk to Ade Murky. He's out of St. Croix Lutheran in the Twin Cities, went to college at the University of Denver. Now he's playing for the Iowa Timberwolves in the G League down in Orlando in the bubble they have down there. We talked to him about his journey from, from high school, from an under-recruited, under-looked-at star in Minnesota to, to the University of Denver, and now as a professional basketball player. Fantastic interview with Ade, one of our best yet. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We talk a little bit of Timberwolves news after that with the firing of Ryan Saunders and the immediate hiring uh, after kind of a strange sequence of events there from Garrison Rosas. We break that down afterwards. Hit it, Randy. There is a house in New Orleans They call the rising sun and it's been a ruin of many a poor boy. And God, I know I've won. And welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to get right to the Aday Murky interview. BG, I thought it was one of our best yet, just to give a little teaser for it. But uh, uh, he is awesome. You guys are going to absolutely love this interview. Uh, a lot of insight in, into Minnesota basketball, into the Minnesota Timberwolves as well, and into the Iowa Wolves, the G League team playing down in Orlando now. Uh, BG, I thought it was one of our best yet. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear it in the interview. Aday is a really genuine, nice guy. Um, get to hear about his journey from St. Croix Lutheran all the way to Denver and now the NBA uh, G League team. Um, and we get to see, hear some of his stories with Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, um, and just other fun stuff we talked to him about during the interview. Absolutely. Let's get to that now. Here he is, Ade Murky. We now bring on the former St. Croix Lutheran Crusader, former Denver Pioneer, and current Iowa Timberwolves player, Ade Murky. Ade, thank you for coming on, first of all. And let's start with your high school years. You played at St. Croix Lutheran, which is in West St. Paul, for those who don't know, and you averaged 22-10-4 your senior year of high school, and we're part of that St. Croix team that beat De La Salle for the first time in school history. What was that moment like beating De La Salle, a basketball powerhouse, year in and year out? Hey, I low-key just kind of got chills thinking about that. I forgot <laughs> about that game. <laughs> uh, no, that game, that was fun. Uh, gym was packed. Like, it was, it was overpacked. They had to, like, start kicking people out the game. Uh, so it was, it was amazing. Um... No, it, it was just a, it was just all around good experience. I mean, just that year we had we had we had a, a talented group of guys. Uh, you know, the whole the whole school always showed support. So beating them for the first time and you know winning conference that was that was amazing. That was definitely one of the biggest accomplishments of high school for sure. Yeah, and I I know what you mean when you talk about chills because uh, both Brady and I we played basketball in high school too. I played for Wyzetta, and my senior year we beat Hopkins for the first time in 26 years, which is a little embarrassing to say, but hey, it's a day I'll never, never forget and one I'll remember for sure. And I think it's an even bigger accomplishment when we talk about years in De La Salle, because most people don't know, and I obviously didn't know until I looked on Wikipedia, but St. Croix Lutheran, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it has about a student body population of about 500 from 6th grade to 12th grade. Is mm -hmm. that right? Yeah, small so school. How many people were in your graduating class? I think I probably had like 107. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we were small. 
Yeah, a very different school than De La Salle. Yeah, so that made, that made it even sweeter, to be honest. I made it a little more, a little more better. Yeah, for sure. Did the did the students from from Saint Clair Lutheran did they storm the court after you guys won that game? Did they did they rush down and, and did, you, did you guys have a big moment? Man, we had ooh, like I remember I, I know I know a dude that went to Simley High School, which is down the street. He stormed the court. Yeah. Yeah, I mean those those moments in, in high school basketball, and particularly in Minnesota. I mean, not a lot of people nationally recognize Minnesota as as a basketball powerhouse. But you know, on this podcast, we've interviewed a lot of guys like yourself and, and Reggie Lynch, Finney Shahid, and just the names go on and on. But the talent out of Minnesota is insane in basketball, and it just doesn't get any recognition at all. And, and it, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy how many people are just under recruited and and. and really underlooked just because they're coming out of Minnesota. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's definitely. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> go ahead. No, you go. So, so basically building on that, your senior year, you had, I think, four offers. Is that correct? From Denver, Citadel, uh, Maryland, Eastern Shore, and Vermont. Is that the four schools, or was there more on top of that? Yeah. And, and a guy. Yeah, I, 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 Vermont one. I don't really count that one. You don't count that one. Uh, <laughs> no, why not? No, they stopped showing interest. Mm. Uh, they stopped like they wasn't. They didn't even text me anymore. Mm. Uh, huh. I really had an offer anymore, to be honest. Mm. Uh, so I don't really count that. I really just say three. They're lost. Yeah, yeah. they're lost, especially <laughs> seeing what you did at at Denver at the University of Denver. Uh, did Did you feel like you were under recruited coming out of high school? I think you were, yeah, BG mentioned it, 24 and 10, uh, 20, 22, 10 and 4, you're averaging in high school, your senior year. Those numbers, I mean, averaging a double-double every night, did you feel like you should have had more offers uh, when you were a senior in high school? Uh, for sure, for sure. I mean, uh, like my whole life has kind of been that way, kind of under-recruited in every aspect. So uh, I kind of I kind of accepted it and kind of didn't really think about it as much. Um, I kind of just trust it, whatever happens. Um, but, but yeah, I definitely do. I definitely do things. So. And you had those four offers coming out of high school, which now we learned you may consider those only three uh, if we exclude Vermont. But you ultimately chose Denver, as we all know. What made you choose Denver over those other universities that either offered you or showed interest in you? Um, if we're being honest, uh. I didn't go to the Citadel because I didn't want to go to Army school. Uh, I, I didn't want to do any of, the, any of that Army stuff. Um, Maryland Eastern Shore, I just really think that was going to be a good fit, um, really to help me basketball-wise. Yep. And honestly, uh, we got Chauncey Billups' little brother with uh, Coach Rodney. Uh, just a whole coaching staff, honestly. I feel like they really believed in me the most. And they didn't promise me anything. You know, they told me I had to work for everything I got. Uh, but they said that if I did work, that I would be successful. So I kind of, you know, I just believed in them, and they believed in me. So that's really why I went there. Yeah, and you did work, and it shows based on the stats at Denver. As a junior, you averaged 11 points a game. And then your senior year, you made a big jump from 11 to 18.5 points a game and six rebounds as well as a guard, which is it's tough to grab six rebounds a game. BJ and I were talking about it before you called in that – 
you don't usually see that jump from junior to senior year averaging seven more points a game. That's a big jump. What what do you credit to that jump? Is that just work putting in at the gym in the offseason, or was there something during that junior to senior year that that really just helped you explode onto the scene the next year? Uh, yeah, it's just work, honestly. Uh, work and focus. Um, I would say my freshman, sophomore, junior year, I don't think I was as focused on basketball. You know, when you, when you first get to college, you're like, man, college, like, this is lit. So <laughs> I, I think I was really focused on college, and I wasn't really, you know, like, don't get me wrong, I was still focused on basketball. Like, basketball was number one priority, but I didn't take it actively. Um, my junior year, going into senior year, the summertime, I stayed there the whole summer. I stayed there the whole summer and worked with uh, one of my coaches, Coach Thorne, uh, and then our strength and conditioning coach, Coach Gary. And I think I got up to, like, 220. Like, I, I was oh. I was on my – like, I got stronger in the weight room, yeah. faster, more athletic, uh, better on the court. So, I, I give a lot of credit to those uh, – the coaching staff there. Yeah. It, yeah, for sure. And it definitely showed um, night in and night out your senior season. And – I guess in your junior season and sophomore season too, but in your time at Denver, you had some crazy games and crazy stat lines. Uh, to, to start on, on Valentine's Day 2019, February 14th, you broke the Pioneer Division One single-game points record with 42 points against South Dakota State. You had 33 against Western Illinois another night, and you had 20 or more points eight times in just your senior season alone. Was that that point? that you begun to think you had a chance to play in the NBA or at least at some level once college was all done? Um, honestly, my whole life, I kind of thought I was going to be able to play in the NBA. Uh, I, n- I never had a plan B. Uh, everyone, everyone, as cliche as that sounds, I never had a plan B. I was like, no, it's basketball only. But I think after my senior year, I was like, like, no, nah, like, this could really happen. Like, this is becoming a reality, especially after that 42 point game. I was like, Oh yeah, this, this happening for sure. Now, like <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing this. <laughs> definitely. What? That game, I was like, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> what's it like scoring That's 42? Funny. I mean, BG and I, we've neither of us, it may be in a rec game, but uh, in a real basketball game, I've never scored 42 points. You got to feel pretty good walking <laughs> on the floor. Just kind of, you know, I, I imagine a little Conor McGregor walk off the court, you know, flipping those shoulders <laughs> around a little bit. What's, what's weird is like in the game, I didn't even know I had that many points. Like, mm-hmm. like I knew I was scoring the ball pretty well. Like I was making open shots, but I didn't know I had 40. I thought I had like 20 something. And I'm in the game. It's like three minutes left. I look, I look to the uh, South Dakota State bench because I, I was I was cool one of the dudes on the team. And he was like, "Yo, 42? You going crazy? <laughs> 42? I'm like, yo, like what? I just did yeah. that. And my coach told me at the game, and like South Dakota, like they don't really like show support like towards other players. Like they they you know they they mess with their home team. Like mm-hmm. yeah. If I came out, I get a stand ovation from everybody. I'm like, oh, this is dope. Like, I just, I just did my thing, but we lost. So at the same time, like, I was happy, like, yeah, that I record. I was like, like a day. This is what you worked hard for. Like, you, you worked, you worked your ass off for this. But we still lost the game. So at the end of the day, it really didn't matter that much. Yeah. Just because, I mean, 42 points don't mean nothing if you don't win. It's still a record, no, though. It's a good answer. Yeah, still a record, but that it was on the road, and you got a standing ovation on the road. That's that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's yeah, cool. exactly. So that's yeah, that's it, it was it was yeah, and, and I think you finished that season as the second highest points per game leader in the Summit League, and surprisingly, BG and I were looking at it. You were named to the second team of the All Summit League. Did that kind of put a chip on your shoulder going into the off season? Because <laughs> I mean, you scored forty two in a game. And, you know, you got to be first team. Man, I was so hot. I was like, are you serious? (laughs) No games. Like, we didn't win no games. I kind of expected it. Uh, uh, You're not going to get recognized unless you're winning. Uh, You you can be putting all the points you want want up on the board, but if you were the losing team and y'all not winning no games, I mean, it's not really too much they can do for you. So, I mean, it was honestly, I to get second team just because we finished second to last in the conference. So, just to get recognized for that. I was still pretty happy just because it showed all the, all the hard work I put in. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you you mentioned you were hot after getting to the second team. And I don't know if you were hot on this night too, but we we read a story about, so I guess now moving from your college career and kind of transitioning into post-college and NBA. We, we read a story about your draft night. Um, and that was November 18th of last year, 2020. I think it was the Forbes article, which yep. is, by the way, really cool that you got interviewed by Forbes. That's a story yeah. within itself, I'm sure. Yep. But um, it said it said that you went to bed really upset and sad that you weren't going to be drafted, only to wake up from a phone call from your hometown team, Timberwolves, offering you. Can you just walk us through that story and, and what that was like for you? <clears throat> yeah, so the night of the draft, like – my family was like, you know, it's a possibility, like, you can get drafted, right? And I'm like, yeah, you're like, yeah, there's a possibility. But in my head, I'm like, man, I'm not getting drafted, man. Like, <laughs> let's, be, let, let's be real. I'm not getting drafted. Uh, and that, that kind of hurt, honestly, because, like, I was like, man, I, I, I worked my ass off. Uh, college, I worked my ass off before, like, after. And I was like, it, it hurt, honestly, when I was like, when I realized I wasn't going to get drafted, it, it hurt just because that's what I worked my ass off for. Like I worked hard to, you know, be in that position and hear my name being called. Uh, but the night, the day of the draft, I was like, man, it's not happening. So I think, I, I don't know exactly what time I went to bed. I can't really remember anymore, but it, it was pretty early. But I woke up, I think at five or six, I went, I went to my high school uh, to go back to work out because that was the only time I can get in the gym. And I get, I had like eight missed calls from my agent, five text messages. I got, I have emailed me. I'm like, why are you emailing me, my dude? Like, email me. uh, (laughs) FaceTime my stepdad, calling my mom. He like, yo, call me. We got some good news. And I woke up with a big ass smile. Like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it just happened. So I, I was geeking to be honest. I was like, man, like, like a day, like you, you deserve this. Like you, you've put in the work, the amount of times, like you've cried over like basketball, you bled, you, the tears, like you feel me? Like I, I worked hard for this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. be I could only imagine. Exactly. But yeah. it's weird because mom wants to celebrate. Like she wants to celebrate, like go out to dinner. But I was like, Mom, I didn't even get on the team. Like, I'm not even fishing on the team yet. Like, I'm not trying to celebrate yet. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely a surreal moment. And I'm, I'm definitely, you know, uh, grateful and appreciative of that. But, yeah, I was – it was dope. Yeah. It was, yeah. 
How how much better did it make it that it was the Minnesota Timberwolves, your hometown team, rather than just another? I mean, it would have been special either way, but to have your hometown team come out and recognize you as a talent and, and try to sign you to a contract, how much better did that make it? Oh, man. That that honestly probably felt better than being uh, getting picked up by anybody else. Just being from Minnesota, mm-hmm. didn't get recruited by the U of M. Yeah. Me, like, I, I was, I was under-recruited, like, it, it felt amazing because Minnesota's that's the top dogs. Like that's where everyone's trying to get the NBA. So to be recognized from the team from your state and being under recruited and being, you feel me? I was like, man, like, like you're on the verge of something special. Like you, you can do this. So it, it felt amazing, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like I said before, I could, I could only imagine, and I'm extremely jealous of you. But that's <laughs> that's just <laughs> awesome for you. Um, I, th- I think a good transitioning point, you mentioned it briefly before that uh, you're, you, people around you wanted to go out to dinner with you and celebrate, but you're saying, I'm not officially on the team. Um, a question we wanted to ask is, we saw that you signed an Exhibit 10 contract with the Timberwolves. To us and to basketball fans and just sports fans who may not follow the NBA and all that contract stuff closely, what does an Exhibit 10 contract exactly mean? Uh, it's basically like, it's basically like a training camp invite almost, um, with the opportunity to make the, make the roster. Uh, it, 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 it's not really a whole lot more than that. It's really based on opportunity, uh, to go to training camp for them, basically evaluate you. And then, uh, basically that G League team has rights to you. So it's basically you getting signed to the G League team and then get the, the actual NBA team. Which I think I think that's what it means. I'm not with you yeah. sure at the same time. <laughs> no, I mean that sounds right to me. And, and you did go to Timberwolves training camp, isn't that right? In early December or maybe middle December. Yeah. And how was yeah. that experience? I mean, that must have been, and that's with the full team, right? That's with with Cat and D'Lo and all the guys. I mean, maybe some of them weren't yeah. playing right then. But what what was that experience like? Because it had to be pretty special to be on the court with those guys. It was different. Um, you know, coming from Denver, a uh, mid-major program, uh, you're not really you're not really dealing with guys that are giants like Cat, yeah. Ed Davis. You're not dealing with seven footers, um, so it was different. You're not really dealing with guys like D'Lo, Malik Beasley, and you're not dealing with those type of players. So it, it was an adjustment for me, uh, just because I was used to being, you know, the fastest guy or the most athletic guy on the court. Mm-hmm. Whereas in training camp, you got somebody to either taller than you, longer than you, more athletic. You feel me? So it, yeah. it was it was an yeah. adjustment. It was an amazing opportunity, a learning experience. Like I thought I, I feel like I learned a, a lot. So it was it was dope. What was uh Anthony Edwards like? Was he was he as as funny and kind of as jovial and even as cocky as he comes off in the media? Because it's it, he he's a character and I absolutely love him and I love that we picked him. And he just seems like an awesome guy to be around, just kind of full of confidence and, and full of energy. Yeah, that's my guy. I, I, I've only known him. That was my first time meeting him there. And meeting him, like, I, I rock with Ant. Uh, funny dude. He's honestly a really great teammate. He 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 does build confidence in you. Uh, like, I remember I, I was doing a workout with one of the coaches, and – he hopped in and was my screener. Like he he started screening for me, and I was like, 
Like, that's dope. Like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect number one draft pick to do right. that. You feel me? Right. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I'm, I'll set your screens for you. Or he was like, the reason you're missing because you're not pounding the ball hard enough before you shoot it. Like he was like, I, I used to go through that same thing. So when you when you come off that screen, pound a little harder, you, and you gonna make that shot. And mm-hmm. I did. Like he, he's a he's a dope dude for real. Like what y'all see on the internet, that's Ant. Like he's he's a he's a, yeah, he's a funny dude. Yeah. He, he's he's life. He has energy. He's a he's a young dude. He's a young. He's cool. I rock with him. Yeah. That's a that's great to hear. That's a that's a great story. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, the number one overall pick. You won't expect him to be helping out the the G League guys or the the 10-day contract guys in, in training camp but just to see, yeah. just the fact that he did that it, it says a lot about him. And like and like Ant, like he knows Ant knows he's good, you feel me? Yeah. And, but he, he don't come off like he's everybody equal. He don't come off like yo like I'm number one draft pick like this my this my stuff like like you if, if you if you didn't follow basketball at all like you wouldn't he don't come off like he's number one draft pick like he 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 comes off as a as a real cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. Makes okay. me like him even more. Yeah, I do too. To Last hear. question about yeah. Anthony Edwards. I know this is your interview, but we're asking a lot of Anthony Edwards questions. He said in an <laughs> interview uh, he could play any sport, including hockey. Do you think he could be a hockey player? Is he that athletic where he could just transition to any sport? Because, uh, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I, I played hockey first sport. Hockey was my first sport when I moved to Minnesota. Okay. And hockey is, but I don't. If, if you got, if you know how to skate, then maybe. But nah, hockey that's that's different. Hockey yeah, it's hard. not like picking up a ball. That's what, that's what my <laughs> you got blades on your feet. Yeah, that's the, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, hockey's hard to transition to. Yeah, that's you can't just like yo. I'm gonna play hockey today and be good. No. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> but I mean, you, he's he's a talented dude, so he might be able to. You never know. Yeah. Yep. Certainly. All right, let's move back into Iowa Wolves. Uh, we talked about it before we started recording. I didn't know this, and BG, I don't think you did either, but the G League, all the games, you guys playing in a bubble down down in Orlando this year, and I think it started in early February. What's that that atmosphere been like? What's it been like playing for the Iowa Wolves down in Orlando for the last month or so? You know what? Like, I, I've talked to, like, some of the guys on the team about, like, the G League experience beforehand, and – like they tell me, like some people tell me how rough it is, you know, having a bus after one road game to the next city, or you know, carry your luggage to the airport. Uh, people say it's a grind. Um, so I, I think I'm definitely, you know, in in a great opportunity where I'm in a hotel room, like I can walk to practice, and then we go get on the bus to go to the next game. Like there's no travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I'm definitely fortunate enough in that situation. But just being on lockdown, not being able to go nowhere, that, that does suck. But lately, like, since Kobe has first started, I've kind of been a person that wants to be by myself anyway. And, like, I don't really like going anywhere anymore. Like, I'd rather, honestly, be be in a room and chilling, watching Netflix, playing a game, listening to music, yeah. whatever. So, for me, honestly, it's not really that bad. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound bad living living down in Orlando, beating out the, the Minnesota winter. Yeah. I guess you'd be in <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> Yeah, Des Moines. Des Moines. Not not trying to get you in trouble with any Iowa Wolves fans, but I'm sure you're you're enjoying Orlando a lot more than Iowa in February. Iowa, it's like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> all that. I, I, I'm taking this ten times out of ten. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. I don't blame you. 
Uh, let's see. Um, so we're going off the Iowa Wolves, just talking more about the G League now. You're playing against ex-college stars every night. You're playing against NBA veterans like Jeremy Lin, Jared Jack, and there's also younger guys than you, potential number one overall picks like Jalen Green, who you guys have played against, and Jonathan Kuminga. Just describe that environment because I'm sure at no point of your life you've been going up against guys in, on a nightly basis that just differ in so much. High schoolers are high schoolers. College guys are college guys, but having to play a wide variety of people, what is that just like in that G League environment? Uh, you got to bring it night and night out. Like, every night you're, you're facing somebody that's, you know, that's like that, that's actually, you feel me? Like, you're not, you're not playing no scrubs no more. Like, in college, like, you might get away, like, on defense, where you're not playing a guy that's as talented. So you kind of coast a little bit. Yeah. But here, like, if you coast even one bit, your man is scoring the ball. Um, so you just got to bring it every night. Like there, there's no taking time off. There's no relaxing at all. So it, it's, it's definitely a, a challenge just cause you got to get used to, you know, the, the, the skill level, like it, it's different, but it, it's a good type of different. Is it, is it hard to find the motivation? Maybe that's the wrong word, but it's just hard to find that grit to bring it all every night when there's no fans inside the stadium or very little fans. At first, I thought it would be like that. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, man, no fans. Like, But, I mean, it, they be having music in the background of games, so you kind of – you might hear your favorite song while you run down the court, but, oh, yeah, it's go time. That's my song. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just listen to this song before the game. I'm turnt now. Uh, but, I mean, your team does a good job of, you know, making sure there's energy. Uh, your teammates do a good job of everything. Uh and at the same time, you're, you're not playing for yourself anymore. So, like, you're playing, you're, you want to go hard for your teammate. So, it, it, it's honestly kind of easy to play hard. It's, it's, it's not hard for me, honestly, just because I'm like, man, if, I, if I'm relaxing, I'm not, you know, bringing it on defense, mm-hmm. offense, then I'm letting my teammate down. And he, like, we all in the G League, we, try, we all trying to get to the NBA. We all trying to get somewhere. So, why would for I sure. not play as hard? Because if I, if I don't play as hard, it looks bad on him because then he has to do more than he should. So it's kind of like a little, a lie. I don't really know how to describe it, but you know. No, it makes sense. Yeah. You got eight games under your belt in the G league right now. How, is there a number, have have they made a final schedule? I guess, is there a set number of games you're going to play when you're down there? Do you know right now? Man, we got seven games left. Okay. Oh, wow. Yes. We got 15 games total. uh, And then, that's regular season, and then I think, like, two, three rounds of playoffs. I'm not really too sure. I think – I don't know how many games are each round, but it's not a lot. So, yeah. it's coming down to a coming down to an end pretty soon. And then it just goes into off season. Do you guys go back to, to Minnesota or to Iowa then just to start working on your off season, or are you guys free to go back wherever you want, go home? That's – I don't think they decide that part yet. Okay. Um, so, I'm not really too sure what's happening once it's all over. I would assume probably go back to either Minnesota, Iowa, and start start training just to keep working out. But mm-hmm. I'm not really too sure, honestly. And have you signed a multiple year deal or anything? Or are you just a, a, a game to game, a game to game, or day to day? Or or do you know you're going to be with the Iowa? Yeah, Wolves? yeah. I'm more of a game, uh, game, game by game, whatever, yeah. whatever. Day to day, yeah. I kind of messed that uh, whole thing up. Yeah, Sorry yeah, about you that. Feel me? <laughs> 
Yeah, no, you're straight. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really just, you know, trying to work so I can, you know, get one of those and get my dreams come true to feed my family and, you know. Yeah. So taking it taking it day by day, step by step. Yeah. Well, you made your dream, yeah. at least a, a dream of playing professional basketball come true already. Does it feel real? Do you, do you feel like – I know you mentioned when you first got the call from the Wolves – it didn't. You don't. You weren't on the team yet. You said it didn't really sink in right away. Maybe, but does it feel like you're a professional basketball player yet? Does it feel real? Um, it feels real, but I'm not content yet. Like I'm not, you know, settled on this. Like, like yeah, I'm here, but this is not the end goal for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I'm definitely appreciative of this opportunity and being here because, like, a lot of people want to be here. They they cut the teams down. I think we have eight, seven, 17 teams or something like that down here, and there's usually 20-something. Yeah. Uh, hmm. So I think there's, like, that's at least 120 players that are usually in the G League, and I'm one of them that's here. So yeah. I'm definitely blessed to be in this opportunity. But at the same time, like, I have my, you know, my eyes on a, you know, a far bigger picture. So yep. like, I'm definitely, don't get me wrong. I'm definitely happy to be here though. For sure. Yep. yep. No, that, I mean? that's, I, got, a, I think that's know. the perfect answer. I think that's the perfect answer. You're happy to be here, but you're ready for more and you're hungry for more. And uh, we're, mm, we're, exactly. we're, gonna, we're waiting to see it. We're, we're going to watch and, and and we're your biggest fans. Now we're your number one, number one podcast for a day murky. Uh, all right, let's get into some <laughs> quick hitters here. And let's these are just it. kind of fun, fun questions. Are you the best dunker on the Iowa Timberwolves? No. Oh, who is? No. Zion. That man got bounced. <laughs> who who was it? He went to uh, Arizona State, and he, he played with the uh, – he was, he was a two-way player with the Pelicans last year. Uh, yeah, he, he got bounced. Okay. <laughs> he got bounced. I, I, I would say I'm second, though. I would say I'm second. Okay, okay. We'll okay. Take it. So we got, we got to find a way to get that guy off the team. So then you have players <laughs> no. to the throne. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Speaking of another teammate, do you or your teammates ever give Canyon Barry, who's the son of legendary Rick Barry, do you give Canyon Barry shit for shooting free throws underhand? No, because it's cash. Like, <laughs> it is. You, you, it you, is. Can, you can just talk all bad about you. You can say whatever you want, but he's probably the best free throw shooter I've been seeing. Like, he don't miss. He is unbelievable. I remember seeing his free throw line percentage in college. I'm I'm blanking right now where he went to college. It was somewhere out west, I think. But it's high 80s, like even close to 90. It's like a free throw yeah. percent shooter. It's insane. But I, and it's honestly <laughs> like I didn't even know uh, who Canyon was at first. And then when I seen the roster, you know, I I looked him up. I was like, who who is Canyon Barry? And then I seen a video of him shooting an underhand free throw. I was like, what the. <laughs> They just shoot that underhand. It was cash, and I seen that person. I was like, he really shoots like this. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, cash. Uh, I'm guessing you didn't expect that. Expect to see that in the NBA. No, a guy not shooting at all. underhand free throws. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm, I'm over here thinking about the dude from uh, Tropical Thunder. What's his name from Tropical? You see me? I'm like, this yeah, is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of the guy's name, but I know exactly what though. you're talking about. Don't miss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've never seen somebody do this, like, actually in the game. Like, 
Yeah. And he said he said in college or high school he, he shot like overhand. He shot the right way. Oh, did he? The really? right way. Yeah. 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 Right but he way. said he always knew he was gonna shoot like this. So I was like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's you. You can do your thing, big dog. Yeah, yeah it works. Yeah, it works for sure. <laughs> um, all right, another one of your teammates, Jordan Murphy. He's a Minnesota Golden Gopher. He was. A lot of the listeners probably know who he is. What's what's Jordan Murphy like as a teammate? Is he is he kind of rough and tumble like he looks like on the court, always lowering that shoulder and getting good body position? Is he is he kind of like annoying guy in practice to go up against because he's just always lowering his shoulder and bumping in and banging into you? Um, I mean, honestly, we haven't had too many practices just because we have so many back-to-backs. So uh, we had training camp practices, which I think was maybe like, Six, seven, eight. I, I don't know how many practices we had. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, Murph's a cool dude. Like, he's a really good teammate. Like, if if, if he sees somebody struggling, like he he makes sure to give you confidence. Like, he makes sure he, you know, man, you got this. Like, you've done this before. Like, we know what you, I know what you can do. Like, just be you. Uh, play like how you know how to play. He just you know, he always gives you like life to lift you up if you're playing bad or not shooting the ball well. Uh. But yeah, if you guarding him, like you gotta make sure you box him out because he getting a finger on every rebound. Oh, yeah. He's everywhere, so yeah. yeah, he that's my guy. Though. I like Murph. Yeah, love watching him play with Minnesota. He's a dog. He, he's a walking <laughs> double double in Minnesota. Seriously, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. unbelievable. He's just got such quick bounce for yeah. a big guy too. He gets up and down just like that. It's something else. And, and it's crazy because, like, when I was at Denver, I used to watch, like, I used to watch Murph in college. And I'm like, man, he had another double-double. And it's crazy, like, we're teammates now. So, it's just – it's funny how life works. Totally. Totally. Um, all right, another quick hitter. Who is your favorite artist, if you had to pick one? Musical artist. Lil Durk. Lil Durk. I don't even know Lil who that Durk. is. I, I can't – I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I, I, I've, I've heard of Lil Durk and not name a song. <laughs> who y'all like? Who y'all listen to? Um, let's see. I don't know. I, I listen to all kinds of music. I listen to to kind of old school, like you know, rock and roll, that kind of stuff. But let's see, from like rap music. Um, I like uh, recently. I've been liking Saint John. The he got a good song called. Uh, I've heard it from yeah, yeah, yeah. Monica Lewinsky. It's a good song. It is, it's a good album, I've actually. It's it's the guy who's it's the song like Roses or something like that is like his famous song. I don't really like that one as yeah, much, but yeah, there's yeah. some good there's some good album there's some good songs on his new album. I can't remember what it's called, but it's Saint John. That's who I kind of like out of the rap. I've heard of him. He's cool. I've heard of him. Yeah. I'd I'd say my favorite rapper is Kid Cudi, especially the early Kid Cudi. Okay, I'm a huge Kid night. Cudi yeah. fan. Kid yeah. Cudi. Yeah, Man on the Moon, I love that stuff. But, yeah, I, I like rock and, like, Eagles and older stuff, too. But can't say I've heard a little Dirk. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to Bill, we're going to have to listen to him yeah, after this. Definitely. Man, definitely have to Chicago listen. rapper. That's my – okay. he's dope. I rock with him. Little Dirk. Okay. I like it. Good, good to know. Um, who's your most famous person in your contacts? My most famous person in my contacts – Mm, most famous person. Uh, probably Chauncey. Probably Chauncey Phillips, yeah. yeah. I'll probably say Chauncey. Wow. How do you know Chauncey? Because uh, his brother was our head coach. Oh, okay. Um, 
either Chauncey, maybe Malik Beasley. Uh, yeah, I can't really think right now. Oh, that, those are I'll, those I'll are pretty good answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah good name. Yeah, those are definitely good names. Um, all right, well, we'll let you keep Malik's thinking about that. Guy, if so. another one comes up, let us know. Uh, yeah, Malik's a beast. We for sure, for sure. absolutely love watching him play with the Wolves. Um, who is the best? This is another tough. Even uh, a better person. Yeah, is he? Hmm. Maybe we'll have to interview him on the pod sometime. Love to love to do that. Uh, Got to. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Who is the best player to come out of Minnesota, in your opinion? And, and we'll say like with, within the last like five or ten years, when when we were kind of coming up out of Minnesota. Who do you think? Because there's been a ton of good basketball players. Tyus Jones. Uh, obviously a, a big name, a, n- a number of big names. Um, Gary Trent, I'm, I can't even think of all the names right now, but who who do you think would be the best player out of Minnesota in the last, like, five to ten years if you had to pick one? Um, I, that's, a, that's a tough question. Like, yeah. who I think is the best, like, I'm going to go with myself, you know? I love it. If, if I – who the best, like, I think I'm the best. Like, I don't think anybody else is better than me. But if you want to say like who's been the most like accomplished, like one of those type of questions, yeah, mm-hmm. I probably say like Ty, probably Tyus, yeah, probably, yeah, just because he's been in the league for so long, right? Yeah, I don't know who else you you could put a top Tyus for as as far as accomplishments go. Yeah, the guys, younger guys who are getting there, and I hope yeah. it's not Tyus, just because more Minnesota guys get there. I love Tyus, but yeah. I think that's or you can say Chris Humphreys, like he was in the league yeah. for like 10, 10 years or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. but Ty it's is just, it's just growing. Yeah, you said what? It's just growing the number of Minnesota athletes um, exactly, that are exactly. Every, and Brady and I have talked about this a lot, but everywhere you look in Division One basketball, there's oh that guy's from Minnesota, and it's McKinley Wright, the best guy on the team, up for mm-hmm. first team Pac-10. It's these guys around the nation just balling. And we've seen this year so many guys went to the league, Trey Jones, Tyrell Terry, and there's a lot more coming through the Minnesota pipeline. It's just it's, – it's exciting to see as basketball fans from Minnesota getting the national recognition we as a state deserve. Yeah. Yeah, it's about time. Like, Minnesota has some dogs. Like, like we've been – Minnesota's been slept on for years. And I think Absolutely. it's still slept on. Like, people mm-hmm. still don't really, like, give Minnesota the respect that we really deserve, like – like, there's a lot of guys in the – like, if, if you look at, like, the D1 teams that have Minnesota players on their team, like, more times than not, the player that's from Minnesota is probably the best in that team. Yeah, for sure. Like, you look at Gazag, yeah. you got Jalen, Colorado, you got McKinley. Like, you feel me? Like, Gabe from Minnesota, he's one of the best players on the team. Like, yep. Vinny, when he was at NDSU, like, yep. the best player on the team. Zeke Naj, when he was at Arizona, one of the best players on the team. Like, yeah. Yeah. The dudes from Minnesota, when they get that chance, like, they some dogs. So, it's just, you know, we don't really get that recognition that each other, you know, top states get, you know, you feel me? Right. Yep. No, we're, we're totally with you. We talk a lot about that pretty much every week. Yeah. Um, and you're helping out our you're helping out our cause. Yeah. So, <laughs> Keep working thank you for right doing well. We, we love to see it. Minnesota's a basketball <laughs> state. It's a basketball state, and we're going we're gonna to be recognized as that someday. Man. Not a not a hockey. No matter how much Anthony Edwards wants to venture over there, it's a, it's a <laughs> state. <laughs> Love it. All right, um, s- stay with me on this one, Ade. 
on, on February 24th, 2020, you posted an Instagram video of your Denver highlights, which you captioned King of my city. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say you're now the King of Des Moines? <laughs> yeah, that's fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> King of Des Moines. That's fair to say. I love it. I love it. Hasn't even and, played a game in Des Moines Orlando? yet. Maybe Orlando. We call you King of Orlando. <laughs> That's fair to say. That's fair to say. <laughs> Denver, yeah. Denver, I, I'm gonna take Denver, man. Yeah. No, yeah, I, that, no, I, I, I think you need <laughs> that. You need that kind of attitude if you're if you're gonna be an NBA player, and and you got it. I absolutely love it. Uh, who's winning the NBA championship this year? Who, who's winning the finals? I'm going with LA, LA Lakers, man. Yeah. You can't you can't stop Bron with a healthy AD. You got Montrell. You got Dennis. You got Wesley Matthews, you got Mark, you got uh, uh, Cool, you got all oh, these tools, man. They too deep. Roster is too deep. You can't beat them. Who's your Who's your favorite in the NBA? Favorite player? Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill, and I would say Bradley Bill and Jalen Brown. I would say. Mm. I and, like those just because it's not LeBron or Durant or somebody who ninety percent of the people is their favorite player. I like that. Jalen Brown and Bradley Beal. I just, I just think it's hard. Like, like for me, like I want to have a favorite player that I can really like look up to and really try to, you know, find similarities. Obviously yeah. like Bradley Beal is a little different. Like Bradley Beal, I, I'm not similar to Bradley Beal at all, but like, <laughs> not yet. like Jalen Brown, like, I, I watch Jalen Brown all the time. Like, cause like his, his situation or not really situation, but like his playing style and, how athletic he is and how strong he is. I kind of think I'm pretty similar to him, like with a, you know, a big, a bigger guard, athletic. Uh, so yeah, like LeBron James, I don't really compare to LeBron James though, or Kevin Durant or, or Kyrie. So it's, it's kind of hard for me to have him be my favorite player. Sure. Yeah, sure. No, that makes sense. Um, Ade, we've got one more question for you before we let you go. And this is just an improvised question because I feel like we almost cut you off earlier talking about Malik Beasley. It seems like you have a story or just something about Malik Beasley being such a good guy. I don't know if you can touch on. Uh, no, I actually do. I actually do. Um, I remember, uh, well, one, he, he, he would open arms right away. Didn't even know me. Didn't even know me. You know, I, I knew who he was just because when he was in Denver, uh, we had the same mm-hmm. barber. Um, <laughs> we had the same barber. Love it. Yeah. He, he and Denver. Uh, and our, our, my barber would always talk about Malik and how how cool he was. So when I seen that he was in Minnesota, I was like, oh yeah, like I can. When I when I'm gonna have something at least talk about, like and be like, you know, like you feel me? Uh, yeah. yeah. But no, the first the first day I'm in hotel room, I'm watching Netflix. I'm in my in my in my room, and uh, actually earlier that day. Uh, I think he like he gave me his number with like if you ever need some like hit me type type of thing or something like that or like I seen it or they was hooping and I was like man I can't get the invite it, it was something like that kind of started the whole thing and that night he FaceTimed me it was like young boy what you doing and he was with uh Vando Jared Vanderbilt yeah um, <laughs> and he invited me and Ashton over to his house to play basketball like we 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 uh. We just play one on one and stuff like that, and just, and just chill, chopped it up. Um, but that's how that's how kind of all first started, and then 
you know, as, as training camp went on, like, we, we still was cool. Like, we was always talking. He would put me on game. And he invited me over to his house, like, just me. And we went to his office, and I, I was just talking about, like, how I was struggling, like, with basketball and stuff like that. I kind of told him my story, mm-hmm. like, how I, I had to get out the mud, like, my whole life. Like, nothing's ever been handed to me, blah, blah, blah. And then we was talking about, like, how it, I didn't have, like, a, a trainer. Like, before training camp, stuff like that, like, I had to – go to St. Croix every day by myself, uh, look up YouTube videos, like, of Jalen Brown, all the other players, to try to figure out, like, moves I want to work on. Yeah. And we was just talking. He was like, man, like, he, he really put me on game. He was like, man, you got this far, like, doing it by yourself. Like, man, you got to basically like, change your perspective and think, like, man, like, you got this far by yourself. Imagine – you know, when you start being able to get the resources you want, all, all that type of stuff. But yeah. he just he just put me on game. Like, like he really – he kind of installed confidence in myself also just because I'm like he, – he just changed the perspective of everything. Like, I always thought negative, negative everything. Like, man, I've been doing this by myself. Like, man, it's hard, blah, blah, blah. But he just changed my whole perspective and just made me think positive mm-hmm. about every little situation. He, every every negative situation, he taught me to think positive. Find one positive thing about everything. Wow. And, yeah, he, he was dope. I, yeah. I rock with Beasley. And his work ethic is tremendous. And it shows. Like, he's averaging 20-plus yeah. doing his thing, rocking out. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly shows this season. He's been, in my opinion, the by far the best Timberwolf this season. Um, and Doing his thing, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that story. Because we as, we as fans don't really get that glimpse into the personal lives and these actual personalities that these yeah. big time players have. We just see him stroke a three every night and how, how good their shooting form is, but not how good of a person right. they are off the court. So especially, a, it's cool to hear these personal stories. Yeah. Especially with a guy like Beasley who, yeah. you know, who's had some negative stuff in the media. It's cool to hear the, you know, who he actually is as a person and, and going out of his way to, to help a, a young guy in the league like yourself. That's, it, it shows a lot about him as well. And I think, yeah, that's a that's a very cool story to hear, especially when you see how he plays in the court and the energy that he brings to to the Timberwolves, and it's just it, it's another notch up. And I, BG, you hit it on the head when you said he's he has been the best player for the Timberwolves this year, just in terms of the energy he brings and and obviously the way he helps his teammates, like you just shared a day. So thank you so much for mm-hmm. that. That was that was awesome. Yeah, no problem, no problem at all. Go follow a day on Instagram at zero underscore Merck. Mm-hmm. Are there are there any burners you want us to promote? <laughs> I ain't got no burners. No, no burner counts. Okay. We're, not going, we're not going public with those yet. We'll just wait till we get to, to the league. Yeah, maybe soon, we'll get it. Hey, soon. Give me a give me a year. I'm gonna have a few of them, man. All right, and we'll we'll, we'll get those ads off air so we don't we don't expose you when you're doing that. But uh, a day again, <laughs> seriously, thank you for being on. Uh, we we do really appreciate it, and we wish you the best of luck this season next season, whatever the future has for you. Uh, just know we'll be rooting for you, and everybody who's going to listen to this is going to be rooting for you, and we hope that uh, the journey continues and you make it to the league. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And again, a special thanks to Aday Murky for calling in, taking some time out of his Florida day. It was kind of actually – we had a, a time change issue get into that BG. We were scheduled for 6.30 or for 7.30 Minnesota time. Started at 6.30, but hey, we were ready to go, so it worked out well. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, he was just absolutely awesome, and we, we thank him for his time. 
Um, okay, other news to get to tonight, fellas. Minnesota Timberwolves fired Ryan Saunders on Sunday night. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. We were going to record a podcast last night with Boone and just getting his reaction, but we're not going to use that just for time's sake tonight. Uh, interview's gone, went pretty long, 44 minutes or 45 minutes with a day. So let's just hit a little bit of Minnesota Timberwolves right now uh, to wrap up this pod. But it, it was kind of surprising, I guess not really surprising in the sense that Ryan Saunders was fired, but it was surprising that they hired uh, Chris Finch, assistant from the Toronto Raptors, midseason, which is very rare in, in the NBA to basically poach another coach from another team midseason. I mean, that happens certainly after the season and the offseason, but to do it midseason is, is pretty unprecedented, maybe not unprecedented, but pretty rare. And it was a, a very blunt move by, by Garrison Rosas, the GM of this Minnesota Timberwolves team, who has been very eccentric in, in his two years now with the Wolves dating back to the summer of uh, 2019, I want to say, when we hired him. He's made some big moves uh, last year on the trade deadline and now midseason hiring, firing, and, and then hiring a new coach within a 24-hour span. And even less than that, it was like 30 minutes, BG. It was like 30 minutes between the time <laughs> Ryan Saunders was fired and Chris, Chris Finch was hired as your new Minnesota Timberwolves head coach. I think I saw on Twitter that the last time an assistant coach was hired by a team during the season was 2008. So 13 years, it's, it's not something that happens a lot where we snag an assistant coach from a team um, mid season, mid road trip that the Timberwolves are on with the Bucks game tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't surprising that we got rid of Ryan Saunders. I'm pretty happy that we did get rid of him because he is not the solution for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was a nice Cinderella story, whatever you want to call it. It was a nice story to have him fill in as the interim coach after the passing of Flip um, and then stay on with the Wolves after being a Minnesota native and a former Golden Gopher, but just wasn't working and for so many different reasons and so many aspects of the game for Saunders um, and this Wolves team. So I'm, I'm happy that Saunders is gone now, but I'm, I'm not happy, I guess, how it was handled and that, um, a guy who has been with the Wolves organization before, a Minnesota guy, his dad was the coach for a long time, great Minnesota connections, kind of just got thrown under the bus. I know it's a professional sport and business is business, and they always say it's never personal, but it, it feels personal when you get fired and they have your um, replacement 30 minutes after. <laughs> it might have even been before 30 minutes. So there was obviously some talking going on while he was the coach here. Um, to get that replacement ready, which I understand you want to get the guy um, is, with the players, with the coaches, and kind of identify what comes on that. Saunders got selected by and whoever else is in the front office. So I do kind of feel for him there, but at the end of the day, I think it's definitely the right move. And like you said, Rosas is, I like him being in the front office for the Wolves. He is not afraid to make moves where it's seen in the past. Timberwolves front office has not. They've been more conservative when it comes to that. But with bringing D-Lo here um, and trading for Robert Covington for the four guys we got, um, and now we're releasing Saunders and kind of being, okay, well, we have a guy, I'm going to name him now so we can get started. I like that about Rosas, and he has so much work to do with the Timberwolves as a poverty franchise. So it's going to take some shifting and a lot of um, 
foundation needs to be moved. So hopefully um, this is the first step in the right direction, but uh, might be a lot, it, it is a lost season, but hopefully the culture and the organization starts to change in the right direction. Yeah, the, the thing that always shocks me with moves like this, um, not just in the NBA, but across all professional sports when it comes to coaches on crappy teams getting cut mid-season, is, you know, what do you think is going to change? Um, whether it's NFL, NBA, MLB, um, I mean, you know you're out of the playoff race, or if you're going to crawl back into the playoff race, you're not going to make it that far. Um, and especially typically teams interim coaches um usually someone from uh, from the bench already um and you know i've always thought what's the what's the reason for just calling another guy up you know are you signaling to other teams you know way ahead of this situation different is that you know you hire finch to a multi-year deal um which i think should make him think that um you know this isn't like uh, any other coach firing where um, things are going well. We're going to have an coach coach for the rest of the year and then guard where a guy is uh, after the season. Um, but no, I mean, we, we lay Saunders off and, you know, just a couple John Krasinski shams weeks later, uh, we have a new coach for a multi-year deal. That's going to be obviously the most interesting uh, portion for a um, and, um, I mean, this season, as you said, BG, is kind of a lost cause. So um, I think it's just kind of seeing what he can do with this team. and um, But at the same time, they must trust him uh, with the reins moving forward. Yeah. And, and it's there was certainly some, some issue brought up with the fact that the Timberwolves... Yeah, and I mean... Um... Oh, go ahead, BG. My internet is going really. Well, I said that 15 seconds ago. Yeah, my internet is, is extremely unstable tonight, fellas. I'm sorry. There, it, there is all kinds of uh, audio coming in and out. I, I really think the only audio that's going to sound perfectly clear is my own, and that's just because I'm sitting right here connected <laughs> to the device. Everybody else is kind of coming in and out. But um, yeah, Andy, I think you make a good point. BGU as well. But there, there was a lot of controversy brought up, at least from. Let me look it up here in, in the Krasinski article. But a couple of players, and it was former players of, of Vanderbilt, uh, or Vanderpool, excuse me, mm-hmm. Vanderpool, uh, one of our assistant coaches, that he wasn't named the interim head coach and he wasn't even given a chance, a minority candidate uh, who was, they've said, and maybe John Krasinski wrote this as well, he said that was overlooked in this situation and they were pretty unhappy with the way things went down on Sunday night and late into Monday morning or early into Monday morning as well when the Timberwolves made that move and and the stories were kind of coming out late that night. But they they were all wondering, why aren't you giving this guy Vanderpool a chance when he was with the Raptors? He was with the Raptors, right? Sure, Vanderpool. Vanderpool. I'm not sure. Uh, he, I'm not sure who he was with for the Timberwolves. Okay. Well, I mean, he well, he was definitely with the Trailblazers at one point because Damian Lillard was tweeting out. That's about who it him. was. Thank you. I was trying to find that. So Lillard was tweeting out about him 
that was he, he and he was up in arms yeah, like yeah, wondering yeah. why that he wasn't hired why why Vanderpool wasn't wasn't named the head coach or at least the interim and I, I think there's good reason there at least you got Damian Lillard vouching for you and, and you go out and get Chris Finch from from another team midseason certainly an aggressive move and he and he being Garrison Rosas hasn't been afraid to do that so We'll see how it pays off. He's made some risky moves in the past. Hiring Saunders was was kind of a head scratcher as well, and certainly is when you look back at it now. But we'll we'll see how it pays off. Kind of with the rest of the moves he's done with with, with bringing in D'Lo and the eight other players last year, or the seven other players last year at the trade deadline. We're still kind of seeing how that's going to play out, and it it, it it's going to tell. Time will tell, I, I should say. But we still have only seen five games between Cat and D'Lo and not more than three in a row. So it's hard to build on anything when you have your two stars not playing together. Yeah. Um, is, so is it Vanderpool? Is that the current assistant? Yeah, Van, Vanderpool. Vanderpool. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't speak to, I guess, who should have been hired between Vanderpool and Finch, I guess I can certainly get complaints from NBA players and coaches around the league that Vanderpool the job since he is already in the uh, minority representation for head coaches in the NBA in the front office. So there's definitely a case to make there, but I do from Rosas's point of view. Um, I know that when the Viking or <laughs> when the Timberwolves uh, were had the interim coach of Saunders, they were out shopping coaches, and Finch was one of the applicants then, and he was very disappointed from that I saw today. But he was on Rosas's uh, radar, um, and. Finch himself was up as the candidate for that head coaching job with the Houston Rockets and the Indiana Pacers too. Um, So it's not like this is a random assistant coach. It's a guy who is destined to become a head that came true yesterday. Uh, Just like people think Vanderpool should be a head coach candidate. But from what I've heard so far and I, I feel that I can speak for all of us. I have not heard of his name before yesterday. Um, it sounds like he's, 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 yeah, he's hopefully going to be a good coach for us. Um, he started coaching British basketball or he, he's, yeah, he's British. I think and he was a British basketball coach with Nick nurse, uh, the Toronto uh, head coach who won coach of the year a couple of years ago. And a lot of people compare Nick nurse to Chris Finch and, Nick Nurse has the highest amount of praise um, for Finch and says that he's just an NBA offensive guru when it comes to creating offensive plans and uh, strategies. So, I mean, it's I have no idea how he's going to be for the Wolves. It's nice right now just to have a coach who's 18 years older or 20 years older, whatever it is, than Saunders because experience um, is something I, I hope we will notice automatically with just late game scenarios and how you manage that and how you manage your players. Uh, Cause Saunders was not good at doing that, but there, there's a lot to obviously see in the future, what this hiring of Finch does, but it's, I guess just being cautiously optimistic is probably the, 
the right mindset because I'm not expecting anything to happen right now. I mean, if anything does happen, it doesn't matter since we're, we have the worst record in the NBA, but it's, it, it still is an interesting hire just coming from a different team when we have Vanderpool already in our son right here for once. And this doesn't come uh, backfiring on backfiring on us. And, and what, uh, what temporal chance I have to remember is, you know, Garrison Rosas comes from the Daryl Morey uh, basketball operations tree. Um, and that's, that's a president of basketball operations who, you know, he doesn't just pick the players. He has a say in how players are used game to game, um, you know, with all the advanced metrics and whatnot. And you need a coach that speaks that same language as you. Um, and I think, you know, the, uh, Chris Finch was on the Rockets uh, coaching staff for four or five years. Uh, same time, same time as um, And I think that's probably what it comes down to is Rosas trust that uh, Finch is someone who can implement what he wants to do with the guys that he's put together. Um, whereas Saunders, um, I mean, not really paying attention too much to his, clo- uh, his coaching style, but just, you know, his dad being a longtime NBA coach, kind of that old school um, sort of mindset of, um, you know, stats are losers. <laughs> or um, not, not that Ryan Saunders was, was anti-analytics, but um, I think Finch has to be someone who Rosas thinks will um, be a true partner with him for implementing the type of basketball that, you know, with the team that he's put together. Yeah. It's certainly a good point with Rosas, and you can see it. I mean, he he's, wants them to play a certain way. He mentioned that when he came in in the summer of 2019. He wanted that team in 2020 to shoot a lot of three-pointers, and it was a team that had almost no talent from the three-point line and weren't able to even make a three-pointer if they tried to, and it just didn't fit with the players we had and the scheme we were trying to run. Obviously, he holes over the entire team on the trade deadline in February of last year, and now we're still trying to find that team and we're still trying to find that perfect formula that, that, that can make the Ryan Saunders or not the Ryan Saunders, but the Garrison Rosa style of basketball that he wants to see. And, and we'll see what happens. Um, fellas, my internet is horrible. The audio is sounding absolutely awful. Um, Zach, <laughs> you haven't said a word cause, cause we haven't really let you yet, but before we end this podcast, what's on your mind and we'll end it with this. Um, a whole bunch uh, related to anything that was being that's, talked that's about. That's all right. I, I enjoyed right. the conversations. I learned a lot. That's I, I do learn a lot when I come on these podcasts. And I should. Uh, the funny thing is, it should be the other way around. Um, but I'm <laughs> learning right along with our our viewers. So it's something to be said for that. I think you guys do a good job of uh, explaining things. Props. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Whatever. Thank you. All right, let's end it there. We'll be back on. Get a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, paycheck's coming your way. Don't worry. It's every Thursday, just like we like we talked about. Two months uh, over. Two months over. Yeah, even that is hard to hear because my internet is so bad. I'll be back at home on Friday morning show. It'll be clear, crisp audio, uh, and we will have no more of this debacle. We will see you guys all then. What day is it? And in what mind this clock never seems so alive? I can't keep up. 
And I can't back down, I've been losing so much time Cause it's you and me And all other people with nothing to do Nothing to lose And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why Can't keep my eyes off of you What are the things That I want to say Just aren't coming out right I'm tripping words you got my head spinning, I don't know where to go from here. Cause it's you and me, and all other people with nothing to do, nothing to prove. And it's you and me, and all other people, and I don't know why, I can't keep my eyes off of you. Something about you now I can't quite figure out Everything she does is beautiful Everything she does is right Cause it's you and me And all other people with nothing to do Nothing to lose And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why I can't keep my eyes off of you and me And all other people With nothing to do Nothing to prove And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know Hunt this clock never seemed so alive.